Welcome along to episode 743 of the Milk Bar. Jason Forrest here with you as ever. And coming up on the show this week, we hear about the play Icaria. It's a debut from Philiver Lawford. She will be along at the Stafford Gatehouse, willing on her cast. We'll be finding out about that one. We talked to Tom Roberts about By the Waters of Liverpool, which is at Lichfield Garrick in early October. Also on the way, Dave Cairns of Secret Affair. We're telling us about an evening with Secret Affair, which is taking place at the Robin in Bilston. And we talked to two of the hosts of stages at the Malvern Three County showgrounds Malvern autumn show we've got mark diacono and martin fish who are going to be down there on the 22nd through to the 24th that's all coming up on the show this week welcome to the milk bar 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 with Philippa Lawford's debut play coming to the Stafford Gatehouse on the 3rd of October, this is going to be a treat for theatre-goers across our region. Philippa joins me now to tell me what's going on with Acaria. Hello. Hi, nice to be here. Well, good to have you along. And uh, this is uh, a production which has got plaudits uh, across every performance that it's, uh, we've seen so far. Tell us a bit about what happens when it arrives in Stafford. Um, so the play is a love story. It's called Acaria, um, and it's about, uh, it's kind of like a first love. Um, so it's set at university. The whole play is set within a student bedroom in university halls. Um, and it's about a young couple called Simon and Mia um, navigating the challenges of university, um, mental health and uh, an exciting first love in newfound freedom at uni. And so this is a change which goes through many people's lives. And I remember heading off to university and everything being somewhat different. Uh, your parents aren't around. You've got your own place. and But in in a way, it, you you are still tied down in a, a lot with you know, the university structure that's there and a whole new set of peers to work with. So everything is new in some way or form, but it often seems the same when you're still in education. Yeah, I completely agree. And it's, it's just such a, a pivotal moment when suddenly you know, you can wake up anytime you want and you can have someone back to your room and they don't have to go past your parents to walk up the stairs and, you know, you can eat what you want and it's kind of a great thing, but it's also, um, it's a bit scary. Um, <laughs> so much freedom, you know, and yeah, and you've still got a university that's supposed to be looking out for you. Yeah, and I say the university's looking out for you and often your your friends are too. And it, it's interesting to see how, you know, different people's sensibilities will be will sort of all merged together when uh, you, you put a group of peers together like this. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, the play, we only have the two actors in it, but uh, we tried to definitely create the sense of a wider world outside the bedroom and um, just what a sort of exciting uh, landscape is. Now, a, a dizzy romance and uh, a, a chance to explore feelings uh, and, and under a microscope as well. So within those four walls, uh, a lot can be said. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We've... Um, I think the play is quite a zoomed-in approach to a relationship. Uh, we're looking at a lot of it in, in detail um, what the what it feels like to uh, to kiss someone for the first time and to, to get in your first relationship and say I love you for the first time. And um, it's so much fun exploring that with the actors. And and how much of this ties in with your university experience? Well, most of it. <laughs> 
<laughs> but were you able to explore things that you maybe you would have enjoyed uh, you know, seeing and hearing and talking about, or with uh, is it very much a, a, a working through issues that you have left over from your time at uni? <laughs> I think um, that I would say that the small details are from my life, but the big details are the plot that I've made up. You know, so I just take a lot of a lot of inspiration from various different bits of my life, but um, you have to be able to step back and and kind of make up a plot according to. The demands of a story stru- story structure, you know, and 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 a, a uni bedroom in itself that is an often an unusual place. So with with furnishings and wallpaper, you wouldn't select, and and therefore then with the personality of the the people in the room isn't reflected by what's around them. And I think that's an interesting juxtaposed position when it comes to telling a story of love and what they do want from each other. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And um, you know, there was such a variety in the way people treated their rooms at uni. Like sometimes. You'd have mold in in mugs that were ashtrays and you know, <laughs> growing horrible things in them. And some people brought in loads of wall hangings and made it all very beautiful. And I think that can kind of reflect sometimes your state of mind, um, or or maybe your how you've how much you've been used to tidying your room at home. Um, but it's it's very interesting to build that space as like a piece of set design and to kind of reflect how the relationship is and how the room changes like during the term as the relationship changes as well. And you've got some mould, which is probably now about six, seven years old, uh, that you've been yeah. cultivating for this. The real thing we've kept it exactly. <laughs> yeah, but uh, the, oh, joking aside, though, I mean the, the reviews on this have been amazing, all four and five stars. And, and what's it like getting that sort of plaudit uh, with a debut, uh, and then uh, you know knowing that there's, there's a, quite a lot of yourself in there, however much you're admitting to. Yeah, it's been really nice. <laughs> uh, it was it was great because we we did the first run was for two weeks in a pub theatre in London. Um, and it was just really amazing to get uh, some awards and those great reviews uh, because it's meant we've been able to get the funding um, and all these venues to take this show on tour again. So it's it's just uh, really, really exciting. Um, and it's yeah, so nice to be my first full-length play. It's, um, yeah. Just really <laughs> rightly proud of what you've got going on here, and that, that's impressive. Tell us about your two actors. Well, uh, so they're called Andrea and James, um, and they are both very young, which is really nice. I think uh, because it's a play about young people, I felt it was really important um, that the actors were kind of basically the age of the characters within a very small range of that. Um, so that's really lovely. Um, and they're both just super talented. Um, really really creative uh it's, it's nice you know when you can feel with actors like you're um really collaborating artistically on what you want the play to feel like you know and there's mm-hmm. we have a great communication with both of them it's lovely and i've got a fantastic associate director called izzy paris as well who um is so important in the room. but i mean this production itself and the play uh it, it does focus on some very very uh sort of serious areas uh, there's uh, you know, sexual assault, uh, suicide, depression, self-harm. Not everybody's university life is like this, but we all know somebody who has experienced something like this. And it's important that we talk about it and and hear people talking about it in a real way. Yeah, this is the thing. I completely agree. It was um, definitely when I was at uni, it was uh, the, the amount of people who experienced uh, crises to do with mental health, um, which is you know underfunded in universities. There just isn't the support that people need. Uh, it was it was really shocking. It was eye opening um, because suddenly a lot of the safety nets that people have at school kind of uh, swing away a bit. Um, so and and it's just dealing with them suddenly without this uh, the roster of parents available to kind of step in. 
Um, so it was, yeah, it's, it's really, really interesting. And I think it is, a, a, all of these things are unfortunately a big part of the backdrop of student life. Yeah, and, and, and if, even if it isn't you, if he's looking, if it's not you, you will always you know, find somewhere in the chain of things where you'll have to support or hear about or support someone who's you know got friends who've who've suffered this, even if you yeah, or maybe helping friends directly. And I think that's again another important part of, of student life because everyone's sort of thrown into it. They very often do all sort of get together and rally the troops, as it were, around these sort of problems. And again, I, I, I take it that we'll see some of that in some cases with your uh, two protagonists. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the play is a lot about support um, and what it means to care for someone who is vulnerable and someone who doesn't want to ask for help, you know, and how much can you intervene if someone doesn't want to ask for help. Well, tickets for the 3rd of October, staffordgatehouse.co.uk, 01785-619080 is the box office number. Have we got you on the socials too? Yes, we are at Tightrope Theatre on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And have we got more in the pipeline from you too? Oh, after this play? Yes. Uh, well, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll yeah. see what happens. Okay, we'll wait for funding to come through for the next project. Meanwhile, Ikaria is at the Stafford Gatehouse on the 3rd of October. The debut from Philip Lawford has been a joy to speak to. Thank you for joining us and uh, have a great time on the road. Thank you so much. On the 3rd and 4th of October, a very special production is at the Garrick in Litchfield by the Waters of Liverpool. Now, this is your pretty much only chance to see the Helen Forrester play. And we've got an amazing cast who are going to be there, one of which is Tom Roberts. Hello, sir. Hello. How are you doing? I'm very well. I hope we find you well. Very well indeed. I'm parked up at Port Sunlight in, in the sunshine, so I'm all good. Life is good. Well, this is it, because, I mean, you've, you've been uh, rehearsing in Liverpool for this show, understandably, with the Liverpool links. Uh, but, I mean, you've got your own links to Litchfield because it's actually a local gig for you, isn't it? It is indeed, yeah. It's great. You very often don't work where you live, but uh, this time I, I am, yeah. We've got a gig at the, at the Garrick on the 3rd and 4th of October uh, as part of the tour, yeah. And three shows with a matinee on the 4th, so it's a Tuesday and a Wednesday. Uh, That's right. So, so tell us a, a bit about the, the story itself, because this is the second part of Helen Forrester's two-part series here, isn't it? It is, yeah. So it's uh, written, as you say, by Helen Forrester. It's autobiographical. So it's, it's the second story, first one being Tuppence Across the Mersey, which actually came to the Garrick uh, a couple of years ago. It was actually last year, so this time last year. Yeah, it was last year. Yeah, so this is the sequel to it. It's 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 um it's about a family who moved to Liverpool from a fairly affluent area in England. They fall on hard times, so they have to move up to Liverpool. And it's about uh the it's mostly about the daughter Helen, as in Helen Forrester, and her struggles, if you like, and her her journey as as they try and settle in this this new environment. Uh, so yeah, it's 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 a lovely tale, um, a mix of. As you'd expect, Liverpool humour, uh, there's a lot going on. There's a great musical score as well, great story, good cast. And yeah, and, and, and I, I love the, the Liverpool humour. I mean, I, I lived up there for three years when I was at university, so I had a great time up there. And mm. you must have had a, a fun time. Uh, you know, it's only down the road from where you were in, in, when you were working on Corrie for a while. That's right. Yeah. Well, I, like you, I was. I went to Liverpool Uni as well. I was there for three years and I grew to love the place. It, it, it's just a very unique humour, isn't it? And and I, I think I'm the only cast member who's not from Liverpool. So you can imagine the stories and the jokes and the humour going around. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's an area 
I do, I do love the place. I, I really do. But it's, but, uh, well, once you've lived there, you end up mispronouncing things to be understood in shops. You go, all right, mate, uh, can I have a pint of lager, please? And yeah, uh, I, 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 I could do it better than that at the time, 20 or 30 <laughs> years ago. But yeah, it, it, it's one where you do have to pick up the lingo, isn't it? You do. Have you got any chicken? Chicken. And, uh, yeah. I spent a week down the Aussie the other day because I, I didn't pay the lecky bill and all these things. You get it, but it takes a while. Yeah. Yeah, but it's uh, uh, it's it's fun to be telling a story, but it's not a smooth flowing story at times, though, is it? She she's had her interesting times in her life. Helen Forrester, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. It, it it's it, it's very up and down. I mean, she she had it. She had a very. I, I guess that's why it's interesting because there's so many human human stories within her own story, and it's a. Uh, you know, she th there were struggles. I mean, I don't want to. It's, it's not a bleak. It's it's not ninety minutes of of, of bleakness. There's a lot of uh, lightness in between. But it, it, yeah, it's it's quite a roller coaster. Um, our own our own stories. I don't want to give the ending away, but it's a really powerful, lovely ending to it as well. Mm -hmm. But I mean, are you uh, a good boy or a bad boy in this one? Because so in in the shape of Scott Emberton, uh, you were known for being a bit naughty. I'm always a bad boy. I'm bad boys and panto. I, I don't know what it is. I've, I've not. I'm, <laughs> I'm a nice bloke, really, Jason, as I'm sure you know, but I, I don't know. Maybe because I'm tall, I don't know what it is, but they always cast me as a, as, as a baddie. No, I'm a I'm a decent bloke in this one. He's a bit troubled because he had some problems in the First World War and, and he's, he's he's trying to get over that. So he's a bit strict, but he's, his heart is in the right place, put it that way. And how does the uh, the story un, un, unfold? Because uh, it, it's 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 as I say troubling to tell some bits of the tale, but mm. I say the joyous moments to bring it all home but it, when you're telling a life story it's difficult to have that you know moment that gets you to the interval in the right place sometimes so it, it, it it's uh, uh, it, it's got to be told in the right way hasn't it yeah it, it, it's almost a plain two halves actually and the first half is, is is about as they settle and the difficulties in in and in the whole family if you like settling so there's a there's, there's a real difference after the interval because it's more it's a lot lighter it's she, she's finding her feet she's finding people that she she can trust she she, she finds friends so it becomes yeah the, 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 there is that definite uh contrast if you like between the two halves um but yeah it, as i say it's a lovely it's a lovely ending which i, which I can't tell you because they'd sack me if i did so but it, <laughs> we don't want spoilers but we do want no, to no, know no. it's a great show and you're, you're, you're affirming that to us which and we trust you which is what counts good you should <laughs> <laughs> now uh, yeah back to the the, the Litchfield thing though i mean i suppose this gives you a chance to, to sleep in your own bed after the show on for a few nights oh. doesn't it I can't tell you, you know, you get to a certain age and, you, and your own bed becomes massively important. It really does. You know, your, your mattress, I've got a lovely king size mattress and I miss it. I really do. In fact, I've taken, I've got a lovely pillow as well that I take on tour with me because I can't bear to be without it. So the home comforts, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm missing a lot. Yeah. But hey, yeah, I can, I can stay back at home and um, yeah, for free. That's, that's the best part. You mean you're going to yeah. pocket the cash that you get for staying exactly. over, isn't it? Yeah, I know. Yeah. You know these things. I, yeah. I know what you actors are like. Any chance to sleep on somebody's floor? Um, Absolutely. <laughs> but uh, was, uh, the rest of the cash that you got there with you, I suppose you'd be putting up some of them on the in the spare room and charging them for it. Uh, and how did you know that? Yes, <laughs> at least two of them. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about the, the rest of the gang you are working with, though. Uh, just, just lovely. As I say, they're, they're mainly uh, Liverpool actors, uh, you know, who work a lot at the Everyman and the Royal Court, um, uh, and and just great fun. There's a, a guy called uh, Joe Joe Gill, who's um, uh, an Emmerdale yeah, regular. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, lovely guy. Um, but you know, just it's just good to be amongst 
actors again, especially after COVID, because it's, it's there's that great camaraderie which which you you know it, it keeps you going from place to place. We're playing places. I mean, next week, for example, we've got three different venues in one week, so it's two days in in different places. So you need to to, to get on and you know have you have your friends around you and this sort of thing. And I think it's the sort of play where the emotions that run through it, you, you, yeah, they've got to be believable. And, and with the group of actors you've got there, I think you're going to have no problem with that at all, are you? Very much so. Yeah, yeah. As you say, I mean, it's, it, it can be difficult at times. So you, 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 you need the humour to to balance that, if you like, which, which, which you do get in the, you know, in the bar in Weather Spoons. Other bars are available after the show. You know? <laughs> Oh, it's going to be a good one. Uh, it's Helen Forrester's By the Waters of Liverpool. It is the 3rd and the 4th of October at the Literal Garrick. Literalgarrick.com to get your tickets. 01543 41212 on the box office number. Tom Roberts Local Theatre. And uh, you will no doubt be able to see him wandering around Stowpool with his dogs uh, before the matinee. So it'll be well worth uh, yeah, catching him and giving a wave and grabbing a selfie then. So always good to speak to you. Thank you for joining us. Have a brilliant time. Break a leg. Thank you, Jason. Speak soon. With the Malvern Autumn Show this Friday, Saturday and Sunday, it's going to be a busy time in the potting shed. Martin Fish is here to tell us more. Hello, sir. Hello there. How's it going? It's all going well, yeah, and looking forward to being at Malvern uh, starting on Friday and then going through till Sunday. So we've got lots and lots planned in the potting shed. Absolutely. Now, are your fingers suitably green at this moment in time? Are you ready to be able to share some tips and talk to the uh, the stars of the uh, the world of horticulture? Absolutely, yeah. No, I've had them re-greened, especially for the mob. <laughs> so it's always for us. It's the the last uh, flower show of the the season, so it's always really good. It's got a great atmosphere, uh, and we love being there. So yeah, no, we've we've got lots happening on the stage. Um, I mean, the good thing about the potting shed is we we bring exhibitors in as well as other guest speakers. So we we always start every day. And we meet some of the growers. So these are the growers that are in the floral marquee, the specialist grow the growers that go to all the RHS shows and Malvern especially. So we've got a couple of those coming in every day and they'll just tell us a little bit about their exhibit, um, how they've created it, the plants they're growing. And it gives the audience chance to ask them questions. Um, and then we always do a Q&A. Uh, Q&A is always popular because it's a chance where anybody can ask questions. And we always say it doesn't matter whether it's lawns, flowers, fruit, veg, house plants, whatever it is, we'll answer the questions. And I'm really pleased that this year we're being joined by John Wheatley. John is a regular at the Malvern shows, very, very knowledgeable. Uh, he's a grower, he's an RHS judge, uh, really knows his stuff. Um, we do flower ranging as well, Jason. Um, we have a, a chap called Jonathan Mosley, who I'm sure a lot of your listeners will know. So he'll be coming along and he'll be doing all his uh, beautiful floral arrangements on the stage every day. Uh, and the audience always love it. And he, he makes it look so easy. That's the great thing about Jonathan. I know he's just so talented. It's amazing what he can do. I've been lucky enough to interview him in the past about some of the exhibits he's got down there. And he always brings something new and different to the show as well, which is always good. And of course, he'll be then giving more tips and, and having conversations. And in the Q&A type sessions, are people encouraged to, to maybe bring along either a photo or a bit of plant that they might want to ask questions on? Oh, yes, please. Yeah. I mean, it makes it so much easier because um, sometimes people try and describe a plant. But if they've actually got a piece of plant with them, we always say if it's a if it's a disease on a plant, just wrap it 
in a polythene bag because we don't want to be spreading the disease around the marquee. But any samples of plants that you want to identify and then, yeah, bring it along. It makes life so much easier for us. And something you're going to be doing each day is interesting. It's a cocktail of containers. Tell us more. Well, um, it's, you know, end of the summer now and autumn is, well, technically, I suppose it is autumn, isn't it? And we're thinking about autumn containers in the garden. So I'm going to make a selection um, of containers, all different ones with different colour themes. Uh, some of them all frothies, if it's champagne uh, fizzing out of a bottle. And so just to give people some ideas, really, Jason, of what they can do to get a bit of colour and interest in their garden over the autumn and the winter. So something that you can plant now that will look good in the garden through until next April or May time. Um, so I do that one. And then I, I also do a, a double act with my wife, Jill. Um, she's with me at the shows this year um, and we call it gardening on the menu. So I, I'm the gardener in the family. So I talk a little bit about uh, growing seasonal fruit and veg and then Jill mm -hmm. will be cooking it on the stage so at the end of it she will have cooked a main course and a pudding from the fresh ingredients that will have harvest, harvested out the garden this week oh that sounds really good as well any chance to sample some of that as well if you if you're there come and see us Jason. i'll dip along on friday afternoon i think i should pop down well, for that one that sounds good do. to me yes She's well, she's doing a spinach pancake with pan roasted vegetables Ooh. and that's followed by toffee apple trifle so, uh, which is delicious. I sign me up for both of those. Yeah, I, it, it sounds good in your house for dinner. I know you. One of you growing it, the other one cooking it. That sounds fantastic. Proper teamwork. That's the way we like yeah. it. But I mean, it Absolutely. is an amazing show yeah. in itself, isn't it? I mean, everybody loves coming down there, and it's it's a great opportunity to see people you know, up close and personal and talk through your gardening queries uh, at the same time as learning a bit from the, the talks too. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it is. Um, you know, and that's the thing, because there's such a variety on the stage and and we're uh, going to be positioned in the Harvest Pavilion. So there's the Grand Floral Marquee with all the nurseries. We're in the Harvest Pavilion where all the veg there, the fruit, the flowers. So it is absolutely wonderful. I always think it's just like a giant harvest festival. Uh, so, yeah, something is happening all through the day from 10.30 till 3.30. And we end every day with Ari Anderson. So Ari is one of the presenters on BBC Gardeners World Live. I'm sure re uh, regular viewers will know Ari. So Ari's going to pop along for the last session and have a chat. And we're going to talk about things you can be doing in your autumn garden. Yeah, because I mean, I, I was quite busy running around here, there, and everywhere as well. I, actually, she's got a busy time of it. I was catching up with her uh, in the week, and uh, you know, she has got a lot going on. You've got a lot going on, and you barely get a chance to actually see the show itself. You mean you'll be sneaking around before and after closing time, won't you? And opening time. Yeah, that, well, yeah, you're right because we are literally because I'm I'm giving talks and answering questions, but I host everybody else, introduce them, so I'm there from half ten till about four o'clock, and, and never really get a chance to leave the stage. So, um, I I try and have a look around first couple of hours in the morning, and then an hour afterwards, and I get there on Wednesday. Although the show doesn't start till Friday, I get there Wednesday so we can set up because I'm also one of the judges in the floral marquee. So, uh, Thursday is judging day so i do at least get to look around all the nurseries in detail when i'm judging but the rest of the time i just go off and do a different part of the showground because there is so much to see it's a, it's a big show and you, you do need a full day to see it but that floor marquee absolutely amazing and then the the displays that we see from people entering into a competition as well which is nice at this time of year too isn't it 
Yeah, it is. It's probably one of the biggest shows for that is the the Malvern Autumn Show. Um, you know, because in the in the marquee where we are, you know, there's going to be vegetable growers from all over the country with their veg. There's the giant veg, you know, these huge pumpkins, huge cabbages, uh, you know, leeks about four feet long and that type of thing. And then of course it's the dahlias and the, the chrysanthemums and the roses and the gladiolis. There are just so many. So the, there must be, you know, hundreds and hundreds of amateur growers that come along with their produce and stage it which is all judged of course um so it really is a fantastic display that they put on um, you don't see anything like this you know anywhere else so there are only a couple of autumn shows um and you know i think malvern is is without doubt the biggest Absolutely, and uh, well worth getting along to. Uh, people clubbing from across the Midlands, obviously here in Wolverhampton, we get loads of people travelling over, and uh, I know that uh, there's obviously always some local produce on display. Uh, for us, that's mm. travelled over to the Three Counties showground, morevanautumn.co.uk to get your tickets, buy them in advance, and go along and enjoy Friday, Saturday and Sunday. All, yeah, all three days if you can. There's plenty to see for three whole days uh, or at least a day of your choosing and you'll be able to see the likes of the amazing Martin Fish down there helping to uh, to give some tips and eat his wife's cookery on stage in the garden theatre. <laughs> Martin, lovely to speak to you. Thanks uh, for joining us. I look forward to seeing you sometime on Friday. Thank you, Jason. Take care. There's an evening with Secret Affair taking place at the Robin in Bilston on the 4th of October. Dave Kearns is here to tell me more. Hello, sir. Hello there. So a bit of a modernise, but a bit more than that as well, including some wonderful shirts from your good self. Uh, yes, it's one of my Paisley collections, you know. You're, you're, you're being, you're being, being a mod, you're, it requires good dress sense and, and great music. So uh, what have you got lined up for us on the night? What we're doing is we're doing a Q&A um, Hosted by Eddie Pillar, DJ Eddie Pillar, and the man behind um, Acid Jazz Records. Mm-hmm. And he um, wrote the sleeve notes and curated our latest product, which is so-called the very best of Secret Affair, which uh, came out last year, and it's on Demon Music, which is the BBC's uh, record label. Mm-hmm. And so um, we are not only discussing that, with Eddie Pillar um, throw, throwing a, throwing it out to the audience to offer some questions up as well. Um, but I think the theme is probably going to be, because it's two days before we start our very best of uh, UK tour, um, which is perhaps two days later, it starts all the way through October, November. I think we're going to be talking about... Uh, our history of of gigs from the very start of Secret Affair in an East End pub um, all the way through the Bridge House Canning Town to the Marquee Club in Soho. And in one year, we sold out the Rainbow Theatre in Finsbury Park, which um, I'd seen as a schoolboy, um, David Bowie, Ziggy Stardust. And he, he only did two London shows. And I happened to be at one of them. That's cool. And uh, I was up in the gods. It, I can't remember very much apart from, you know, uh, there were no video screens, so he was like a little ant down there. <laughs> but I was so thrilled to be there as a Bowie fan. And so um, I think it was seven years later, I'm headlining it myself. <laughs> so it blew me away, really, because you just don't, 
you just don't expect to be able to achieve that so quickly. And and I was 21 years old. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, we go back, what, 78, so 45 years ago, you got together. 79 was the debut, uh, Time for Action. And yeah. uh, obviously, that is one heck of a career with songs you know and love and your audience have grown up with. Well, the interesting thing is that... Um, I mean, that's a song I wrote when I was uh, 18, um, along with a song called My World, which uh, both those songs are very much anthems that I wrote mm. very, very quickly. And when when Sig Fair came to an end, probably 80, 81, 82, um, where we just, we'd, we'd released three albums and we just decided to call it a day. And it has a huge gap until um, 2002, I think, when we were asked to perform at Chef's Bush Empire with the original lineup, which we did, which was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And then we did the same the next year. We were filmed at Scala. But then the original members, because it was all put together by Ian Page, Votis, and myself, they declined to do any more shows because they had careers in a different business mm-hmm. it's still music industry and so there was another big gap until 2008 when Ian Page and I were asked to perform at the Isle of Wight scooter rally and we put together for fun uh, really uh, an eight piece band with a full horn section and we they put in the ice rink which is one of their <laughs> the, the venues and we sold it out at 2,500. And I just thought two things. My God, people still want to hear, still want to hear us and see us again. But I also thought, Christ, we should have printed up some T-shirts. <laughs> and then people start the very early days of websites. Uh, we started getting messages from people saying, look, have you reformed? because we'd like you to come and play Moscow. And go, oh, what, Moscow? So then we went off to Moscow for the third song, which was just terrific. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be going there now. I'm, no, different times. <laughs> it was different times. And that was an amazing trip. And then two nights in Tokyo, uh, in uh, and and then across Europe. And before you, you knew it, we, we just thought, well, look, um, both of us, I mean, most of my kind of old work colleagues and, and, and musician friends, they all play golf. I and, and so they play golf at the weekends. So I thought, well, I'm just going to go and play a little guitar at weekends. And so it, it's grown over these years where we've now got uh, a company called AGMP, it's Adrian Gibson, uh, and he's probably the biggest independent promoter in the UK these days. And he puts on an annual tour every, every year. And also some other shows that we do with him. So we've we've ended up going back on the road. Um, we do certain, we've just finished some great festival slots. So you end up needing a tour manager who who doubles up at looking after the the equipment. Then you need a lockup, and then you realise everything needs to be flight case. So you end up back where we were back in the day. But when you when you uh, pare it down, um, 
you can make more money than we did first time around because when we were doing concert hall tours that were sold out, you get to the end of the tour, which was which in those days was in was put in place to sell albums, mm -hmm. and your hit singles uh, triggered the album sales, and you went on tour, and you'd be lucky with a sellout concert tour to break even. And I'd say, well. Um, there was nothing dodgy about it. It's just that it's job creation where you think you've got a two Arctics on the road, a sleeper coach, mm -hmm. and you'd see people walking around and I'd say, who's that? Oh, that's the lighting assistant. Well, who's that person over there? Well, that's the so-and-so. And so you've got this entourage of people and uh, you're lucky you don't lose money. And these days, we're playing smaller venues, but we're still playing substantial venues. And we actually can make some reasonable money for all of us. Um, and we're really enjoying going out there. And what really um, pleases me in particular is when people sing along to Time for Action after all these years, it's just the whole crowd are singing it. But also we have, we, we, we um, have a false ending to my world. Mm -hmm. uh, and we stop it just with the drum beat. Uh, we get everyone singing. And to me, when you've got several hundred people singing My World um, back to me, and I wrote it when I was 18, and here I am in my 60s, it just, it chokes me up mm -hmm. to think that it means that much to people. And sometimes we've had messages where unbelievably people have said, that song stopped me from committing suicide. And some people turn up at merchandise and they've got some of the lyrics down their arms. Mm -hmm. And I, I just, I'm so touched by that. So that's really one of the great reasons for coming back and what we do. Yeah, and but even more so with the conversation with Eddie, because obviously the acoustic side of things, the music you'll play as you go along, it's personal to those people in that room. This is the second time we've ever done this. And um, Ian does some sort of musical breakdowns with, you know, about songs and lyrics from the past um, with the keyboard player, um, Gary Walsh. And um, we've got a lot of jokey stuff and we've got a lot of uh, anything from bizarre stories over the years going back to in the day that I, I think is quite, uh, I think we, we, I think it's really quite entertaining in the end. And then you get an, uh, an unplugged set at the end which again is the second time we've ever done it. Well, it's going to be uh, an amazing night there, a, a night for, for memories. And is there any encouragement for the audience to be able to put in, you know, comments and questions beforehand via your Facebook page, that sort of stuff? Yes. Any, if they go to our Facebook page, uh, Secret Fair Official, any questions, um, send them in and um, I'll make sure that we, we've got them in front of us. Or we'll be handing a mic round for anybody that wants to stand up and, and ask anything. So we'll be, we'll be ready for that. Well, as I say, the, the Robin is an amazing size venue for this sort of event. You could still have the intimacy you want to be able to make it a personal night. And with the tour on the way as well, I know that uh, there's going to be more people rocking out to the music and uh, having an amazing time as you hit the road. And uh, obviously we're not too far away from the 50th anniversary of all of this. So that must be another good milestone you're looking forward to. The 50th anniversary. Well, funnily enough, uh, you, you know that 
almost every band uh, from the past, are, 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 every year they're doing, they're celebrating another album that was released 40 years, 42, <laughs> 40. And, and um, as long as the audience want that, that's great. But next year is the, the, the 45th anniversary of uh, our, our debut album, Glory Boys and the hit singles, the hit single Time for Action. So we, and, and the Mods May Day um, event, which happened, which we were the kind of leading that back, back in 1979. And now Mods May Day events happen all over the world. It's really strange. <laughs> One of the biggest ones that I'm hoping to be on is Mods May Day Jakarta. Ooh. And, and it's in a big open air uh, venue, thousands of people there. And of course, they happen to be scooter mag. <laughs> so it's a really weird scene. And and we're all connected in into all of that. The, the I have to say the Robin venue is a is a musician's dream because not only is it a great music venue, but you can come off stage, have have you know, go to the bar and meet everybody, have some drinks. You go through a connecting door into your hotel room. <laughs> and if you if you like us, you're constantly we're in, we're in nine seats of tour buses that have got cargo hold in the back for all the flight case equipment. There's nothing better than locking it up inside their complex and then just walking into the next corridor and into bed. What a <laughs> great venue. That's a musician's dream venue. And they're good rooms as well. I've seen them. So I know you're going to have a great time chilling. Room we, will. we will. <laughs> it's it's going to be a great one. It is the 4th of October, 7.30 yes. start. It is the robin.co.uk to get your tickets. Click online, grab your tickets yeah. through the website. Uh, of course, we've got oh, you that's... on the socials. We mentioned we're looking for uh, Secret Affair Official on Facebook. And uh, you can uh, be found on the website too. Secretaffair.info. So check out online there and you can see everything's going on. Secret merch if you uh, want to get uh, oh. your uh, your T-shirts and the like. And Absolutely. Wear them to the gig. Well, actually, we'll have some great merchandise on the night. We'll actually have some. We'll have some posters of the flyer of this Q and A, and we'll sign them and do piggies and you know. It, it is going to be an amazing night. One for every mod in your life. Make sure they've got tickets. Get along and enjoy an amazing evening of the Secret Affair, chatting with Eddie Peeler, David Cairns. Thank you for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. Really enjoyed it. With the Melbourne Autumn Show running from the 22nd through to the 24th of September, there's an awful lot going on, a lot to talk about, and the man hosting pretty much everything, as he often does, is Mark Diakono, who joins me now. Hello, sir. Hello, and afternoon to you. You okay? I'm good. I hope we find you well. I'm looking forward to bumping into you on Friday when I'm down there doing the show from down there. But uh, uh, ahead of that, you're, I suppose, doing plenty of preparation and reading up on your guests. Well, we've got so many people coming. Um, uh, I mean, there's always a great list of people, but there's so many people coming this time. We've, we're interviewing a lot of people, some people cooking. We've got we've got John Waite, who some people may know from uh, Strictly, you know, or Bake Off, or mm -hmm. from his more recent memoir, which is an extraordinary thing. Uh, we've got uh, kind of nice debates. We've got Arthur Parkinson and Blanche Vaughan talking about kind of veg growing as opposed to flower growing. 
all kinds of people cooking. We've got Adam Frost, who people obviously will know from Gardener's World. Yeah. Um, and he's appearing over on Nicky Chapman's Garden Theatre. But I'm also roping him over to the food theatre, which I'm hosting. Um, my guess is his cooking is not as good as his gardening. Um, we'll but I'll be there out. to help him along. You yeah, will find out. And we're, I'm going to get him to make a cocktail or two because I know we're at least enthused enough to have a good go at that too. <laughs> well, so I think the only place you don't tend to appear is the bandstand, but it's the gin <laughs> theatre and bandstand this year. So actually you probably have got a vested interest. Well, quite. I mean, the, the, the gin theatre is great because, um, you know, the, uh, most of us will happily have, you know, a regular high street brand of gin and perfectly happy that can make us too. But it is really interesting once you start um, nosing around about different uh, different varieties, different kinds, different ways that people make gin, everything from the kind of highly artisan to uh, flavoured gins. And really, that's just a, a really good spotlight to show what people in the three counties area are doing with one of our favourite drinks. Yeah, but it, it is very often the three counties and beyond, because I know from Wolverhampton, we get people who are interested in down there uh, in the uh, RHS tent. We'll no doubt see the one of the Black Country Future Societies or similar. They'll be down there as well. And uh, it, it's, it draws people in from across the Midlands and, of course, into Wales as well. It's one, probably one of the widest spreading shows uh, on the calendar. Well, it is. I mean, it's interesting because they call it, you know, obviously it's three guarantees showground, but it's, that's been my experience over the last, I don't know, 12 years or so that I've been hosting there is while there's a core audience of kind of three counties, as you say, that beyond, you know, whether you're even right down here, I'm in the southwest. You know, I know people that, um, you know, say what you're doing this weekend. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm hosting up at Malvern. I'm like, well, we're going to Malvern. We go every year. And, you know, the, the, reaching down to Devon, across the Midlands, further up north. And well into Wales, as you say, it's one of those shows, I think, that offers everybody everything. There's, you know, a lot of the old fashioned stuff you'd hope to find at a show. But there's also so much to do, to see for the family, people in um, just on their own. There's things to buy, things to drink, things to eat. But there's also a lot to listen to and learn from as well. So I hope and, you know, I'm pretty confident that whatever you're into, you'll find something great at the show. Absolutely. And I have the advantage when I'm there, I get to go around much more of the show than you tend to do because you're pretty much working nonstop. But yeah. I mean, have you decided maybe to go in for growing giant pumpkins this year and entering that into the show yourself whilst you're there? Do you know what? I, I When I started growing vegetables, I, you know, I couldn't quite understand it. But once, you know, I think last time we were at the show, I think nine of us stood on um, one of the giant squash. You think, hang on a minute. How, what? incredible range of skills must you have to be able to turn this thing that you know we can grow that's maybe i don't know a foot across to something that at the same time of year nine people can stand on and, yeah. and it's an extraordinary thing you know being able to do that and I've, i i have to confess i have crossed the moat uh, and i'm now fully in the in the appreciation of the camp of the giant the giant veg and it's something that people are utterly fascinated by and i'm one of them yeah, well, I love it on on the end of the show on Sunday when the you know, veg gets sold off and you can yeah. take home a cabbage that's bigger than your than your car. You know, it, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. The hardest thing is actually getting the thing home, isn't it? <laughs> it it's makes it makes it difficult, but it also makes for an amazing set of lunches for the next three to four months. But there you go. <laughs> and obviously, people will be looking forward to uh, to Christmas as well. And uh, you know, although it's not going to be very festive, festive, there'll be brilliant food ideas for that time of year. Yeah, there's all sorts. You know, there, there's. I mean, as well as having a lot of presents, obviously, you can look around for. We've got a few people um, joining us in the food theatre. So we've actually got um, 
the ginger pig are coming and ginger pig have just produced a book called christmas traditions um preparing uh for the best festive season that you can get and it really will take you through every little thing um that you might want to make at christmas there's also uh jürgen kraus as well who um has a book uh to do with kind of german winter christmasy cooking and celebrations and all the big flavors in that so um, yes, even though we will still be in September, there will be uh, a thread of Christmas um, should anybody want to come on and just some delicious food um, for whatever time of year too. It's amazing. I mean, it is the best of the season and uh, it's a season through harvest that gives us our food for the rest of the year. So, And again, it's so important that we understand where it comes from. Oh, absolutely that. And I think that one of the things I love about the show, I mean, you know, genuinely, I, I say this at spring and I say this at autumn, but the two, the two shows at Malvern at three county shows are my favorite of the year and I think it's because they just capture that time of year so perfectly and that is kind of spread across the ground you know so we do have people who are growers you can find out all the information you might want to about how to set yourself up for next spring um there are producers there there's nurseries but also there's the whole plate side as well so whatever it is of any of that spectrum from growing to cooking it's um it's going to be a place for you but it, it's such a great time of year absolutely and uh, so we mentioned a few bake off stars i think have you got another one who's actually going to be with you on the uh, friday afternoon we have got yes we've got um uh we've got alice alice favronia and she um she was um she's got a brilliant new book called best bakes and i'm looking forward to that because i'm not bad you know i'm all right cooking but baking would be maybe the area in which i could improve most and so but a few few skills picked up over the weekend because you will yeah. have an oven there and everything won't you we'll have the whole thing yeah we've got a stage um and and people will be cooking uh either on the hob or in the oven or both um there'll be lots of talk there's some cocktails there's um there, there's that we're going to be using cider in cooking as well we've got um the beefy boys doing the i mean a, frankly astonishing uh burgers We've got all sorts going on. There's some foraging with Liz Knight, who um, is local to the show as well. So there really is all sorts. Um, we'll be using local ingredients uh, where we can. Um, and it really is kind of, you know, there'll be tasters, which we can do, um, be they cocktail ones or bakes or whatever else is being cooked. So there's there's lots to actually experience as well as come along and listen to. Well, it's going to be worth being down there. I say I'll be there on the Friday. Look forward to bumping into you, having a bit of an answer, and you can introduce me to some of your friends. And hopefully, Alice's uh, painted apple and blackberry pie, which I quite like the sound of. Oh, it's just, doesn't that sound great? And it's just a perfect time for it. apple and blackberry pie. Yes, please. It is that well, I look time forward yeah. to seeing you. I look yeah, well, more to than awesome.co.uk to grab your tickets and uh, get yourself along there. You can see Mark and the rest of the team in action doing some amazing stuff. As ever, Mark, I can thank you for joining us. It's been a complete pleasure. Thank you. That's a lot for this week. Thank you so much for joining me back with episode 744 next week. I'll see you then. Good for now. Goodbye from the milk bar. 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 Yeah. Goodbye from the milk bar. Yeah.